Welcome to So You Want to Be a Witch, the podcast for soul-centered entrepreneurs and the people who love them. Hello, hello. Sarah M. Chapel here, founder of the Holistic Business Academy. Welcome back to Free Coaching Thursday. If you're joining us live here on Instagram, amazing. If you're watching this replay later or listening over on our podcast, So You Want to Be a Witch, here's the quick recap of what Free Coaching Thursday is. Every Wednesday over on my Instagram at Sarah M. Chapel, we post a little question box in the stories. And on Thursday, I go live and answer as many of your questions as possible, usually around 1 p.m. Eastern time. You can ask me anything you want, but business related will probably get you the best bang for your virtual free buck. It is free coaching. And you can, of course, come back and review these later as we build up this library of coaching responses to your questions for fucking free. I'm super excited. We have some really great questions today. Thank you to everyone who submitted. If you haven't submitted before, don't be scared. I don't bite too much. And I'll use your question as a way to riff on the topics, offer you some specific advice, and also create a, uh, a broader conversation around the things that are emerging. So our first question today happens to dovetail with one of my all-time favorite things to talk about, as you know, which is platforms. So let's dive in. This question says, do I need a website or can I use a platform like, oh my gosh, I'm going to say this wrong the entire time, coffee, which is spelled Ko-Fi. I assume we're pronouncing it coffee since that's the whole premise. I'm probably going to say Ko-Fi. Advanced apologies, K-O hyphen F-I for those of you who aren't familiar with it. Will it come off as unprofessional? All right, so I'm going to read this again because I had my whole inter- loping there. Um, do I need a website or can I use a platform like coffee slash Ko-Fi? Somebody tell me how to pronounce that. Um, will it come off as unprofessional? Okay. So with a platform like coffee, professionality is not actually my primary concern, but let's talk about professionality real quickly. The idea of something being professional is actually really nuanced and challenging. What has been created as professional is largely dictated culturally by the cis hetero hetero patriarchy, um, white supremacist patriarchy. And this very concept of professionalism is something that I think, first of all, is really great to to question. At the time of this recording, if you haven't already, check out Whiteness at Work um, that Desiree Attaway, Erica Hines, and Jessica Fish just ran earlier this week. I think the free replay is still up. You should also pay and go through the entire program if you are a white person running a business. Highly recommended, especially if you have a team or want to work with people. Um, but they talk a little bit about this idea of professionalism, where it comes from, where the roots of kind of especially Western business are. So I understand the concern, but I also want to start from saying like a lot of our ideas about what are professional um, may not be ideas that we want. So before we say, is this unprofessional, we have to ask, what is the professional that we want to adhere to? And what is that for you personally? What do you view as being professional or unprofessional? And are those those beliefs that you want to carry forward in your business, do they align with your values? To me, most platforms, professionality isn't the issue. I do think that there can be user experience issues. I think some of them are really ugly. That's a personal opinion. Uh, I think coffee's fine. Um, But you know, I have personal opinions, like things I don't like how they look, but it's not really a professional issue in the sense of, I'm assuming what you're really talking about here. I'm sorry, I went off on a little bit of a rant. Like what is professionalism? Um, but is essentially, are people going to take you seriously? That's usually what we mean by professionalism. And the good news is that you can define based on the people that you're helping and what you value, what people need from you to be taken seriously. 
I don't think that you need a fancy website or a platform of any kind to be taken seriously. There are people who are making a shit ton of money running businesses off of like PayPal links, right? What I'm more interested in when it comes to coffee slash Ko-Fi and other things, which I'll get to in a second, is what it's communicating to your customers about the value of your work. But essentially, having an easy way for people to purchase things, I think that's the most important piece. So to me, a website that is, quote, unprofessional is one that's essentially unusable, where you can't figure out how to buy something, where the purchase process is really painful or challenging, where you have to like go on 50 different pages in order to find the link to book something. That is the kind of thing that I view as being, quote, unprofessional because it is making it challenging for your customers and it's eroding trust, right? That's the kind of professionalism I'm interested in. Can we have a good, supportive customer experience? Something like coffee slash (laughs) Ko-Fi... Someone help me, please. Oh my God. Um, I don't think it's unprofessional. I actually think it probably provides a pretty decent user experience. It's really clear what you're supposed to do next in most cases. I I took a look. It's been a minute since I checked out coffee. Um, Back the last time I had looked at it, it was specifically as a tip jar. They are obviously expanding and they are obviously trying to compete with Patreon. In fact, that is now on their website. Um, You know, Patreon replacement, question mark? <laughs> no, they are, they are officially doing that. They're trying to compete with Patreon. As a result, some of those pages are actually really hard to read. So that I do find a little bit concerning. Uh, I've seen some of these um, coffee pages that have like 50 different pieces on them, especially on mobile. It's hard to tell what the end goal is. Are you trying to get people to sign up for subscriptions? Are you trying to get a tip? Are they buying something specific from you? Using it as an all-in-one landing page to collect payments, I understand why that sounds really appealing. I find it hard to navigate as soon as there's more than one thing on that page. The user interface isn't great. So that for me is a challenge. It's not really a professionalism issue. It's a user interface issue. It's a, um, and again, for me, that is what I would say would be professional in the sense that like your, your customers need to be able to access things. So I would just make sure that if you're gonna use something like that, that you that is well organized and it's easy to find things. And chances are you're not the best judge of that. Whenever you're building a website, building something out, have someone else go through it and make sure they can find things. Ask them, what do you think this means? Can you find this thing? Um, often because you built it, it makes sense to you, but it probably doesn't make sense to your customers. So that's my first issue with something like this. My actual problem with things like coffee and Patreon is what they are communicating to your customer about the value of your work. Coffee slash Ko-Fi literally founded as a tip jar and their whole thing is around sending donations. Your business is not a place where you are receiving donations. It is a place where you are selling services or products or something. And coffee, right, the whole point of this was buy someone a coffee, right? Tip them a couple bucks to cover a coffee for them. That's like literally in their branding. Um, That was how they started. It's still baked into what they're doing. That is training your customers to view your business as a tip jar, as a place where you are doing it as a, a side hustle to make some extra money for coffee. That's the communication that I get from that platform. Now, is that a bad thing? That's up to you. What is your goal with your business? Is your goal to cover your coffee, right? Are you selling, you know, one card pulls for a $5 tip? Okay. I mean, I think that's probably not enough money. (laughs) Uh, But like, if that's your goal, cool. You get to decide. 
If you're trying to build a business though, that's going to sustain you, it's going to have repeat customers, it's going to be, have a higher value, uh, both financially, but also in terms of what people expect from you and the experience they have, tying it to a tip jar method may not communicate what you want it to communicate. This is the same issue I have with Patreon. Well, besides the fact that their pricing, I think, is egregious. I will talk about this. Coffee's pricing is way better, side note. If you're going to pick, go with coffee. Their pricing is way better. Um, Patreon's pricing is, um, is gross. Uh, but it's the same thing with Patreon. People expect Patreon to be low cost. People expect Patreon to be like they are sending a few bucks a month to somebody they like. And that expectation being set by the platform itself, right? This is, this is like, that's what you, that is the, and of course there are people, I know some of you have Patreons that are working super well for you. I'm so happy for you, by the way, when I pick on Patreon, I'm not like, and you all suck if you use it. That's not what I mean. What I mean is that the communication that it's setting, it's a hurdle you have to overcome versus having your own website versus having your own membership site versus having your own subscription set up in a different way. People expect Patreon to be inexpensive. They expect to be able to give you five bucks and get access to some like bonus content. I find the value to price ratio to be really off with what people expect on Patreon and people expect a lot for their money, for their very, very small money. And I'm afraid that coffee slash Ko-Fi is going to be the same if it's not already. Um, especially again, because literally it, the whole idea is that it's a tip jar, right? Even though they are expanding and doing all this other stuff. That said, um, I do think that coffee's pricing is way better. At least right now, it looks like you can pay them $6 a month and not have any processing fees. That's pretty cheap. I'm not going to lie. If you're going to use a platform like that, you can't, I don't think you can get a website and a website hosting for six bucks. So if that's an issue, then I can totally see why this is a good fit. And their processing fee of 5%. I know their whole thing is like, we don't charge on donations, but like they charge on everything else. So let's <laughs> if something is free, there's a way they're making money. Um, I think they're for subscriptions, you know, they're charging like 5%. And then for some of the other other features as a 5% of the revenue, I think that's too high. I really, really, really dislike platforms that are charging a percentage of revenue for you to use their platform. A flat fee is almost always going to be a better bet for you. And this is, of course, in addition to credit card processing fees, which are already about 3%, 2.9% plus 30 cents um, in the US at least. So here's my long story short, right? professionalism is not what I'd be concerned about here. And I know I had my little philosophical, what is professionalism to you thing? It's worth thinking about though, especially when we talk about some of these user interface things where I'm like, I go on that page and I find it confusing because there's 50 different things and the design isn't great. So I don't know what I'm supposed to click or what I'm supposed to buy or it's, um, I find it confusing as a user. Okay. That for me is a professionalism issue because I think that customer use of your product or being able to buy things, that's what I care about more than like a lot of like, quote unquote, like real like professionalism, like you need to have a polished website with beautiful branding. I don't care as much about that. I care about user experience and customer experience. Can they get what they need without having to think really hard about it? It's my job to design it so that it's easy for them, okay? And then whether you need a website or not, the platform issue I'm concerned about is the message that it is sending to your customers, which is essentially that this is a side hustle, tip jar, um, five bucks kind of thing. And if you are not having that as an issue, if you are finding that people are paying rates and your rates are higher than that, they're paying it through that platform without a problem, cool. You can throw this in, you can throw this information out. But that's what makes me nervous about a lot of these kind of like creator tip jar platforms. 
I don't actually think creators need tip jars. I think creators need sustainable incomes. <laughs> I think creators need us to create a value system where we appreciate the work and pay for it appropriately. Um, and I believe that you are a tarot reader, um, person who submitted this question. Apologies if I'm, mis if I'm misremembering that. Um, and while tarot readers are not necessarily creators, quote unquote, I think a lot of, uh, we have a real tendency to put spiritual work in a similar kind of field of really undervaluing it. So that's when I would say, do I need a website or can I use a platform? <sighs> I don't know that you need a website. There is part of me that really believes that you might be better off just sending people PayPal links than using something like Coffee or Patreon because of what those platforms communicate about the value of your work. Um, so I hope that's helpful. Again, not really a professionalism issue, but more of a long-term, what are you training people for? Um, and the second piece with this is, you know, when you buy into these platforms and you are paying, getting subscriptions, especially if they're charging a percentage of your revenue, those subscriptions are locked into those platforms, right? That means that if you want to move, you're going to have a hard time and you're going to be stuck paying those fees or probably losing people as you move. So these are the kinds of decisions where it can feel a little overwhelming if you're newer in your business to look down the road and make the kind of investments for greater success. And I'm not suggesting that you go out and like build like a fancy fucking website. That's really probably not worth your time um, or your income until you are generated a little bit of money. Uh, but it might be worth it if you're running into the problem where people are treating your business like they're sending you some tip jar money. And your goal for your business is to have a sustainable income. So what are your goals? What are the tools that you're using communicating to people? And ultimately, are you do is there a misalignment between what you're communicating and what your goals are? Because again, if you're happy, if like you like want to read tarot for fun and you just want to make a little bit of extra cash, cool. Tip jar method works. If you want to build a business for yourself that's going to pay you sustainably, I think that the communication coming from a website like that is going to erode the value communication of your work. Not your work itself. Your work itself, I'm sure, is extremely valuable. But it's it's sending a mixed message to your customers. And that's not a conscious thing, right? This is just like how people have been trained to think about those platforms. So I hope that's helpful. Um, all that said, though, I do like the pricing structure on coffee a lot more than I do on Patreon. And Patreon deserves some really good competition. So go for it, Team Coffee. All right. I hope that's helpful. Another other question for today, quote, I love this. Comfort is frivolous, said capitalist entrepreneur dad. Huh? Is it? <laughs> Comfort is frivolous for an entrepreneur. Mm. So I was chewing on this one because this is more business philosophy land, which I love, of course. And I'm going to go with maybe. Now, here's what I mean. When I see statements like this, comfort is frivolous. Uh, first of all, it's a little hyperbolic, right? There's no nuance here. Comfort is frivolous. This is the rule. This is it. Done. Yeah, it is, right? That's an, that's an equivalency statement. That's a really powerful statement to make, right? Comfort is always frivolous. Does your dad wear uncomfortable shoes? <laughs> this person sent me a message and said that their dad refuses to buy a chair because it's uncomfortable. Uh, or to buy a comfortable chair, right? What I see when I see things like this, though, ultimately is I think that this kind of thing comes from a lack of self-trust or a concern that has to do more with the personality of the person saying it than business itself. I obviously don't know your dad. 
Um, but I know myself, right? And I know that uh, for me, a person in recovery from alcohol and drug addiction, that I get a little nervous around things like do whatever you want, um, make sure everything is comfortable, follow your bliss, pleasure this, pleasure that. Because there's a part of me that if I do whatever I want, if I'm like super honest, I'm, I'm probably drunk. <laughs> now, that's not actively true at this point in my life at all, thank goodness, and I'm very grateful for it. But I'm a little personally, there's, a, there's an element of distrust around what happens when I follow what I find pleasurable or comfortable. Um, I don't know that I find it frivolous. I find it scary. I'm like, oh, that can't be trusted. Don't worry, y'all. I've been in therapy. I'm doing much better. But statements like this then tend to be more reflective. What is your dad afraid is going to happen if he embraces comfort? What is that going to say about him? Now, when it comes to business, sometimes this is an issue of honestly not trusting ourselves with money, right? If we start spending money on comfortable chairs or on, um, I don't know, having a computer that actually works or this, that, or the other thing, there's a lot of kind of like entrepreneurial capitalist bullshit around like going soft. But I do think that this speaks to maybe a a truth underneath, which is not that comfort is frivolous. I don't think that's true. But that if we don't trust ourselves, that's going to show up in how we assume business needs to be run. If you have a bad history with money, for example, spending too much, you're probably going to have a hard time making investments in your business. That's a really common issue. Or not having a lot of money or having had money and lost money, right? Um, Something like that. If you've had challenges there, Spending the money you need to grow your business past a certain point is going to be hard for you. So you may become one of those people who's obsessed with hitting certain profit margins in their business. You know, there are recommendations that, that financial advisors and accountants and bookkeepers will make. That's awesome. I'm not none of those things, so don't take my advice on this. But I see people who are hyper-obsessed with having these extremely large profit margins. And um, in a way that actually, I mean, just to me, doesn't actually seem healthy. It suggests to me you're not spending enough money. Also, it's like a huge tax bill. <laughs> um, So, but why? Why are we so obsessed with that, right? That's probably more about the person than about how you're supposed to run a business. That's speaking to their experience with money. So here when we say comfort is frivolous, that's to me is probably speaking to your father's experience with comfort. Just like my experience with pleasure has been something I've had to heal, right? I find drinking pleasurable. Drinking does not find me pleasurable (laughs) or it does too much. I don't even know how to say that. You know, in recovery, I have to relearn what that means. I have to be mindful that the fact that I have personal lack of personal self-trust issues around something like pleasure or following, you know, following my heart's desire, like being able to discern that because sometimes my heart makes me think it desires to be drunk. Um, but that doesn't mean that how I view things about pleasure and work need to be what I project onto other people. It doesn't mean they're true about business as a whole. But I think that there is this, this kind of through line that we see with business and something like comfort and frivolity that I think is maybe interesting and is maybe speaking to something that is a bit true, which is that, it's like, how do I say this without saying mean things about millennials? Because I really do love my avocado toast. <laughs> if we expect comfort in business and we prioritize comfort in business, we're probably not going to grow our businesses. Because comfort implies on some level, now I'm not talking about chairs now, (laughs) Um, I'm talking about other stuff. Comfort on some level implies familiarity for most of us. And 
outside of, you know, the comfort zone, right? This is like a whole thing. Outside of the comfort zone is the growing edge. And outside of that is usually what we want. Now, I know there's a lot of nuance here and there are different approaches to this, especially if you are interested in trauma-informed work. Um, and if you are a person who's on a spiritual growth path or a personal development path, you've run into this before. This is not something I've invented, right? So I can see how, though, that starts to feel true to your dad. Because if you're an entrepreneur, what you want is over there. <laughs> what you want doesn't exist yet. What you want, what you're trying to create, it's not here. Which means it's outside of familiarity to you. Which means it's probably uncomfortable. And I think if there's anything to take from comfort is frivolous, it's probably that. But this comes down to the personal discernment. First of all, what is your own shit about this, right? Again, I use my drinking as an example. I have a lack of self-trust around trusting my intuition sometimes. It's been a multi-year process to discern and realize, yes, part of myself that wants to get wasted is not my hallowed self. That is not like my core desire, actually, right? But I have an awareness around it, and I'm probably a little hypervigilant around that kind of language and that kind of talk and the um, the entrepreneurial people who are just like, ease, ease, ease. And I'm like, like, that's not for me. I need a little bit more control because I'm afraid of not being in control for some good reasons, okay? It's not psychoanalyzed Sarah time, but just to be honest, for your dad, I don't know what his issue with comfort is. And it doesn't mean there isn't a truth to this underneath. So comfort is frivolous? No. But like anything, it's something we want to pick up when it's useful and put down when it's not, right? And I think that's really the, the mastery level, if you will. Uh, oh, that's not the word I want to use. Um, but when we really start to have a deeper understanding of a lot of the spiritual practice tools that I know a lot of folks here practice with, it has to do with discernment. When is this tool the right time? When is this belief the right time to use it? When is this way of looking at something useful? right? When is this useful for me? There are times in your business where comfort probably is useful, right? When you are prioritizing your needs or your family's needs, right? When that, when being able to, um, I don't know, like for me, I mean, maybe it's a, it's a bit of a comfort thing. Like I really, like my hours have gotten so clear. Like I don't do calls in the morning if I don't have to every once in a while. And that's because I have this morning routine. I like to be slow and like sit on my couch and drink my coffee and yes, feel comfortable. But when I start making a sales plan for my business, uh, I wouldn't say comfort is frivolous. I would say comfort is dangerous, right? I don't want to stay in the comfort zone. The comfort zone does not give me the result that I want. It does not give me the impact I'm trying to achieve. So that's what I got for you. A little bit of a, maybe, <laughs> a little bit of a, sometimes. <laughs> frivolous is a very strong word here but I think yes to recap a lot of times the dogma that we that we preach comes from our lived experiences comes from what we've been told and comes from our own personal challenges experiences traumas right a lot of you don't have the same hang-up I have due to my drinking good for you <laughs> I don't want you to have that we'd be mindful of how those things show up in the assumptions that we create about how business is supposed to be run Right. This even comes up with what I mentioned earlier with this idea of professionalism, right? I referred you all to um to Desiree Attaway and Erica Hines and uh Jessica Fish and their whiteness at work program to look at that a little bit. But you know, these are assumptions that are like baked into who you are probably at this point. That's probably something your dad is like, yeah, that's obviously true. Comfort is frivolous. Oof. 
You have those too. All of us do. We all have those assumptions, those beliefs. What we want to notice is when they're useful and when they're not. When are they being helpful and when are they not? But comfort specifically in business, I think that's a sometimes. I don't know that it's ever frivolous. And yeah, you should probably have like a computer that works and a chair that's comfortable. And, you know, the beverage that you enjoy at your desk today is a limoncello. Sponsor me, please. Oh my God, a seltzer sponsor would make me so happy. I would sell my soul for a seltzer sponsor. I'm just putting that one out there. Right? And I mean, and that's it for me. Talk about comfort. You guys have any idea how much seltzer I fucking drink? <laughs> Directly to my conversation about being sober. I drink a lot of fucking seltzer. It's definitely a comfort thing. It does a lot for me in a lot of different ways. And when I'm setting my goals for the year, comfort is, I would, comfort is, is the last thing that I want to be prioritizing in that moment. But there might be a moment after where I set the goals, I map them out, and I realize, oh, I would have to sacrifice all my boundaries to meet that goal. That happens to me a lot. I set some of these goals, and I'm like, I'm actually unwilling to do what that takes. At that point, maybe I am prioritizing comfort or something else. I don't know. So I hope that's helpful. But I think most, most beliefs, most statements, most things that are passed down as truth, they're not true. But that doesn't mean they aren't useful sometimes. So that's the discernment process and trusting yourself and knowing, is this useful? I don't think comfort is frivolous. I'm also a Libra, so I think beauty is really critical. <laughs> and I think those are part of the same thing. Uh, thank you so much for joining us for free Coaching Thursday today. It has been such a treat to chat with you. Um, we do this every single week, so uh, come hang out with us next week. I will be here on Wednesday in the afternoon. We will post a story uh, where you can drop a question um, about business. I love business philosophy questions. I love tactical questions. I love software questions. I love strategy questions. Mm, juicy. Hook it up. On Thursday, around 1 p.m. Eastern time, generally, I will be here live. And then, of course, if you're listening to this on the podcast, don't forget to come over to Instagram at Sarah M. Chapel and come hang out with us so you can participate live as well. I will see you all next week. Bye for now. Bye.